shall renew your strength. And being that you're waiting, you shall mount up with wings as an eagle. You shall run and not be weary. You shall walk and not faint. Because you waited on the Lord. It's nothing wrong with waiting. Because when you wait on him, there are things that's past your figuring out, past your understanding. But because you wait, you began to experience the goodness of the Lord. So continue to wait. Hallelujah. His ways are past our finding out. Amen. God is just so, so good. Hallelujah. Just to be in his presence. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory to your name. Father, I thank you for a sweet, sweet spirit that's in this place. God, I thank you that you already here in this place. And God, now that you're here, God, we have everything that we need. Nothing missing, nothing broken. Because God, you're in the midst of us. So we thank you, Father God, for blessing us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places through Christ Jesus. We thank you, Father God, that by Jesus Christ, we were already healed. We thank you, Father God, that we are already prosperous, God. Because you say, beloved, I wish above all things that you should prosper and be in good health, even as our soul shall prosper. So, God, we thank you that we already have everything that we need. So we are praising you, God, not to get anything. We're praising you, God, because we know that we already have it. And when we know that we already have it, we're not trying to get it, God, because you have already given it unto us. So today, God, I thank you for healing in this place. I thank you for deliverance in this place. I thank you for love, peace, and joy in this place. God, I thank you that there is no lack in this place. Because, God, you know what we are in the need of even before we ask, God. You have provided every need. So I thank you, Father God. And I thank you for our helper, our teacher, our comforter. I thank you for the spirit of truth today, which bears witness unto the truth. I thank you for the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, you're welcome in this place today. And I thank you, Father, that I have been, not going to be, but I have been crucified with Christ. And it's no longer I who live, but it is Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loves me, who has died for me. So, Father, we thank you and we praise you in this place. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God wants you to know today, don't lose focus. 
God was saying, do in praise and worship. Don't lose focus. Some of us lose focus because we pay attention to what's going on around us instead of paying attention to him, paying attention to what he's already done. And how do you know when you lost focus? Because your mind is set on things of the earth instead of your mind being set on things that are in heaven. He says, set your minds on things above, not on things that are on this earth. I want to tell y'all something. Heaven and earth shall pass away. But God said his word is going to remain forever. So these things that are here on this earth, it will pass. But God's word is going to remain forever. God's word is unchangeable. And that's what we have to hold on to. Every day is the word of God, the word of truth. When you hold on to his word, you're holding on to life and you're holding on to life more abundantly because his word will quicken you. It will give you life. But God said, you're not giving my word an opportunity because we're too focused on what's going on around us. What's going on around you is not going to help you. But when you focus on things above and you begin to think about the goodness of Jesus and all that he's done for you, then you will begin to give him glory. You will begin to honor him. You will begin to praise him and you will begin to take your focus off what's going on around you. The thing that you focus on the most is what you become. Because the Bible says, for as a man thinketh, In his heart, in his mind, so is he. The enemy know if I can just get you to think opposite of the word, then that's what you're going to become. You become what you think. Some people say, I'm not saying it, but you're thinking it. And when you're thinking it, your body reacts to the way you're thinking. You may be smiling. You may be um, looking around and people may think everything is okay. But whatever is going on on the inside, it's going to reflect the outside. And your body reacts to your thinking. If you think sick, you sick. If you think lack, you're going to have lack. No matter what your body says, you're supposed to be thinking what the word says. No matter what your bills say, you're supposed to be thinking what the word says. So you do not think like the world. You think like the kingdom. You can't think like the kingdom if you're not in the good book. You got to be in the word of God to change your thinking. And if you're not in the word of God, you're going to keep focus on the world's way. It's not the world's way. It's God's way. And God has set up a kingdom on the inside of you. God said, let my kingdom come. You got to let it come. You have the kingdom in you. You're locking up the kingdom. And you lock it up through how you feel. But God said, you got to go past how you feel and you got to go on what the word is saying. What did the word say to you this morning? Because if you're in the word, you should wake up with the word. When you lay down with the word, you wake up with the word. You begin your day with the word. When you lay down with the melodies of God in your heart, you wake up with the melodies of God. Before you for the rest of the day. 
whatever you lay down with is what you dream about. It's what you begin to see. And the enemy knows that. So it's time for us to turn our attention to what's going to last. It is the word of God. I don't know what anybody else told you, but the word is the only thing that's going to last. Amen. So I'm believing God even through this teaching on the day that your hearts are transforming their change. You should come into the house of God with a willing heart saying, God, I'm willing to hear what you have to say to me. Even if I heard it before, God, evidently I need to hear it again because you want to do a work in me. I'm not worrying about nobody else. God, just do a work in me so you can be glorified, so you can be magnified through me because it's all about you, God. And God, through you doing a work in me, someone shall be saved. That's, that's the point. God got to work in you so he can work through you so somebody can receive him. They cannot receive him when you're in self. Come on, you got to get out of self. But God is bringing a word to this house today, and it's a familiar word. And it is John 3.16. But God is bringing this word because last Sunday we taught on see me, hear me, and be attached to me. See me, hear me, and be attached to me syndrome in the body of Christ. And that's what we call rejection. See, rejection want to be seen. It want to be heard. It want to be attached to. And we have Christians that are in the body of Christ that's looking for love in the wrong places. And really, actually, you already have what you need. But the thing is, we don't know what we have, so we're still looking for things that we think that can make us, that can mend us. But the only one that can heal you where you hurt is Jesus. So we looked at rejection, and we looked at some things that bring rejection, and until rejection is dealt with, then we're going to keep going back through the same patterns. We're going to um, keep trying to put people down so we can be put up. We're going to keep trying to find something to make us shine so people can hear us, see us, and be attached to us. But God said he's bringing a cure in the body of Christ today for you. And the only thing you got to do is open up to this cure. And when you open up to it, guess what? Rejection. We did um, uproot rejection, but guess what? Remember I told you, you had to work on it for the rest of the week because the enemy is going to make you feel rejected because we was conceived in rejection because Satan was rejected. So in John three sixteen, it says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believe in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. You can be seated. I want to talk about today, God is love. God's love is a cure for everything that ails you. God's love is a cure for everything that ails you. When we get to know his love, we can get over us. We can get over what's going on around us. And that first part of the verse, it says, for God so loved the world. In order for us to get over what's going on with us, we're going to have to experience this love. And this love comes from God. It cannot even come from us until we experience his love. When we look at this, it says, for God so loved the world. That means God didn't leave anybody out. God didn't leave nobody out. He loves you unconditionally. 
It's not based upon what you do, how you do it, or when you have done it, or what you're trying to do now. I want to say this again. God's love does not change, y'all. God's love does not change. Even if you messed up right now, God don't change on you. There's no conditions on God's love. God's love remained the same. This is why it said, for God so loved the world. Don't think that you're better than anybody else because you're saved. Because God loves us all outside of who we are, outside of what we've done. His love is not based on what you do. His love is unconditional. That's why they call it agape. It is unconditional. It don't have no conditions. He don't look at how much you pray. He don't look at if you pay your tithes, if you never pay your tithes, if you never pray, if you never done anything. God said, I don't change. He said, I'm not going to change. But what change in your life is you benefiting from what love done? See, you can't benefit from what love done, first of all, if you don't know what love done. But the Bible says, for God so loved the world. He loved everybody, even Hitler. He loved Hitler just like he loved everybody else. But Hitler had a choice, just like we have a choice, whether or not we're going to accept him, accept what he's done. When we look at the world, the Bible tells us in 1 Timothy 2, 4, that God want all men, he want all of us to be saved. And to come to the knowledge of the truth. So all is all. He didn't leave nobody out. He reigned on the just as well as the unjust. God don't have any respectable person. See, when we get saved, we get mixed up. We get confused as saved folk. We look at other people outside of us. I'm here to tell you that even while yet you were a sinner, Christ died for you even while you were a sinner. He commended his love even while you were in your sin. He didn't change. He still loved you unconditionally while you was in your mess. So I'm going to ask you saints, holy ones of God, why you change your mind because somebody do you wrong. And you're supposed to have the love of God. We get so high and mighty that we look at the world as they need help. Yes, and you're the one supposed to help them once you know about him. But we push them aside like that we're better than they are. But we don't do that. We're supposed to show them the love of God. Love is the cure. Do you know why people don't want to come in the house of God? Because nobody is giving them God's nature, God's love. We want to tear them up. We want to tell them how they're supposed to come in the house of God. How did you come up in here? Toe up from the floor. You may have been dressed right, but you were toe up. And God done something for you. So you shouldn't look down on somebody else and keep hitting them on the head saying, don't do, don't do, don't do, don't do. If you keep doing, God won't love you. That's a lie. Or God won't accept you. The Bible says that he want all men to be saved. All men to be saved. He didn't leave nobody out. I don't care if you're around the worstest person there is. You should be able to tell them God loves you, even in your mess. You shouldn't tell them you got to get it right before they're loved. You got to let them know he loves you right where you are. I get so tired of church votes trying to put up standards when it comes to people. 
You got to do this before you accept it by God. You don't have to do nothing but accept what God has done. So it says that he wants all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. What is the truth? Jesus is the truth. The Bible says that he is the way, the truth, and the life. No man can come to the Father except through Jesus Christ. That's what my Bible says in St. John, the 14th chapter. So it says the only way I can get to the Father is through Jesus Christ. It's not what I do. It's not how I perform. It's not about that. It's about accepting. God set this up so good. He said, Amanda, no matter what you do, you ain't going to be accepted. He said, because Jesus made a way for you to be accepted to me. And the only thing you got to do is accept the way. And he is the way. Your performance ain't going to get you in heaven. We got too many people performing to say, I'm going to get to heaven. When Jesus comes, let's see how far you get. Because your performance, your good works is not going to take you to heaven. This is why we need to know the love of God. When we know the love of God, we begin to show the love of God. And people will begin to want what you have. So he said he want all men to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. So that means nobody is left out. The truth is Jesus Christ. We begin to tell them about Jesus and what Jesus done on our behalf, letting them know it's nothing that you have to do. It's nothing that you have to change on your own. Jesus made the way. Then he goes on to say that grace is what brought salvation to all men. It is the grace of God that bringeth salvation to all men. So God's grace, he brought salvation. It was nothing we done. You can't bring it. God brought it for us. Grace is his unearned, meaning that it's nothing you have to do to earn it. It's undeserved. You don't deserve it, but he gave it to you. You hear what I'm saying? You don't even deserve it right now. Because some of you thinking ain't right. And when God, even back in the old days, when you're thinking wrong, you end up doing wrong and you end up dying. So some of the things that you're thinking now wouldn't get you into heaven. But because of his grace, something you didn't have to earn, something you didn't have to work for, it was unmerited. That's what brought you salvation. That's what brought salvation to all men. It was the grace of God. So God is saying today, when you're going out and you're sharing me to the world, quit trying to do it yourself. Tell them what I have done and the word will begin to work in their lives because the Holy Spirit will release the power. Why isn't the Holy Spirit releasing power? The reason why he's not releasing the power is because we're giving the wrong message. We're giving a message of guilt and condemnation. We're giving a message not of love. And until you really know his love, you're going to see people turn away from him instead of coming towards him. Because in our message, if we give them any inclination, this is what you got to do, that ain't the message. When you tell them, this is what you got to do. You got to show up every Sunday. Now, do we need to show up? Yes, we do. But you don't make them feel as if this is what's going to keep them saved. Christ already saved them. He already saved us. So we have to understand, first of all, that God saved all of us. He didn't just save or select a select the few. He saved all of us. 
His grace brought salvation to all of us. His grace rescued us. His grace prospered us. His grace healed us. His grace delivered us. His grace have already done everything for us. That's why the Bible says, by grace are you saved. Through faith, not of yourselves. It is a gift of God, not of works that any man should boast. If you're boasting on what you've done, then you don't know about what grace already done. That's self-righteousness. That is not the righteousness of God. God knew that we could not keep his standards. He knew we could not keep his laws. So this is why God made grace available to all of us, not just a select few. And he saved this world because we live in y'all in a fallen world. We're living in a world that's full of sin. We're living in a world that's full of death because where sin is, it is death. But God sent Jesus down here to give us life. What kind of life? Eternal life. A life that does not cease to exist. A life that never ends. Even when you depart this life on earth, you are still living. Why? Because you have eternal life. God said, I want you to live forever. And while you're here on earth, you should be living according to his way of doing and not our way of doing. And then you experience in that life here on earth so we're in a fallen world everything around us in this world represent death and people think they're living and if we don't get out there and let people know that this world shall pass but when you accept him you're going to have everlasting life you're going to have life eternal so God said I'm going to make a way for the world Because I love the world so much. So we determine that he love all of us. And the Bible says that in 2 Peter 3, 9, it says that God is not slack concerning his promises. I want to make sure it's 3, 9 and not 2, 9. The Holy Spirit is checking me. And I want to do a check because I know how some people uh, look at some things. It is 2, 9. Wait a minute, make sure. It is 3-9. It says that the Lord is not slack concerning his promises. And what that means is God is not slack. What this scripture is talking about is he let them know that he was coming back. He was coming back for us. But the Bible said he's not slack concerning his promises. He is coming back. But what is he waiting on? The Bible says that he's long-suffering to us work. And the reason why he's long-suffering, because he's waiting on people to have a change of mind. He's waiting on people to have a change of heart. God says, so I'm delaying. Oh, he love us. He said, I'm delaying my coming back. He said, but I ain't slack concerning my promise. I'm coming. He said, but I'm giving people time to get it right. That's what long-suffering is. God said, I'm long-suffering. He's long-suffering to us. He said, I'm waiting for them to come to repentance. I'm waiting on them to accept what I've done. Who does that but love? God is still waiting, y'all. He's still giving people an opportunity to accept him as Lord. Why? Because the Bible says he don't want none to perish. He don't want none to be destroyed. That's a loving God. 
He don't want none to go to a place that he prepared for Satan and those angels because he didn't prepare that place for us. He prepared it for Satan and those angels. So he said, I'm going to be long suffering towards you. He said, I'm going to wait before I come. Not that I'm not coming, but he said, I already know when the time is right for me to come, but I'm waiting on you. I'm long suffering. I'm telling you something. Love is long suffering. And some of us can't even tolerate a person above one minute. That ain't love. Love is long. Y'all, it's... Seems like that long just starts way over there. And it never get to the middle. Y'all know what I mean? Because time you get to the middle, you're saying, help me, Jesus. Help me, Jesus. Help me. Then you see yourself drifting back off. That's why you need the Holy Spirit. But the Bible says God is long-suffering. Because he don't want nobody to perish. We are not long-suffering when it comes to people in this dying world. We give up on them and we say, if you want to go to hell, go to hell. I ain't got time to mess with you. It ain't your job to say that. Your job is to give them what you received, which comes through love. Love is long-suffering. It is kind. It is patient. Oh, we're so silent in here. So we see that for God so loved the world. Remember, God's love is unconditional. That means it does not change based on what you do. So whenever you come to God, God don't change his mind about his promise because you messed up. But God do want you to realize that you messed up and turn from the way that you're going. See, don't go to God to try to use God to get something. You already got it. God ain't that kind of God. Come on, Abraham messed up with Hagar, but he didn't change his mind. He didn't change his his promise. God still fulfilled the promise, but Abraham had to go through because he messed up. So when we mess up, we're going to go through. Don't think you're not going to go through because the enemy know the wages of sin is death. So when sin pop up in your life, what are you receiving? Death. Because the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through who? Through Jesus Christ. So this is what God is saying. I want to get the beginning of that verse to go on. For God so loved who? For God so loved who? I'm going to see how long you're going to say that. For God so loved who? Me. I want you to change it. You got to know he loved you. He loved the world. But when you experience God, it's about you loving me so much, God, that you gave yourself. See, love gives. He gave of himself. He gave the very precious thing that he loved so dearly. The Bible says in Amplified that he dearly prized the world. God, his love was so great for the world He gave this son. Now look at what happened with this son. This son had to come through a virgin, which was Mary. And y'all know she conceived that promise in her womb because she received it by faith. She said, according to your word, what? Be it unto me. Now after she carried this child, this child became a part of Mary. This child was Mary's son. She carried the child. The child was protected. And after that child was born and that child got grown, Mary knew she had to give that child back to God. And Mary did give that child back to God. Can you imagine all those years with that child and then you're going to see your child on the cross? And you know your child done no wrong. You know your child was a loving child. 
Your child did things outside of what natural people would do because that's what love does. When Jesus walked the earth, he showed love. Even the Pharisees and the Sadducees that were against Jesus, he died for them as well. No matter how they treated him, they mocked him, they spit on him, they ridiculed him. But Jesus still died. Why? Because that's the love of God. He did it outside of what they done to him. That's the love of God. So when Mary saw him on the cross, her son, this was God only begotten son. One son, that's all it was, was one. He gave that son for the whole world. Now understand that the world had was doing everything that they should not do. They were murderers. They were committing incest, fornication, adultery. They were doing things with animals. They were doing things that you couldn't even imagine. Homosexuality. Some things, y'all, we haven't even um, come upon that's in this world because we haven't um, heard about it yet. But sin is, is way out there. So this is what the world was doing, and Jesus was hanging on the cross. Who does that? World still in a mess, rejected by his own. He's bringing what need to be brought, but they still was rejecting him. And Jesus still laid down his life, even though he was rejected, but he knew he was still loved by the father. Even though he was hanging on the cross, I'm here to tell you, even though you feel like at times you're not going to make it, you better know that God still loves you and he's still there for you. Because Jesus went through the rejection. He went through the ridicule. He went through the persecution. He went through the sickness. He went through every sin that could be imagined. And he said, that's what love does. Love lay down his life, their life for other people in spite of what they do. Love lay down. Love don't look at you. Love look at what he done for you and then you can do it for others. Love don't hate. Love loves in the midst of hate. Love don't hold no grudge. It don't hold no unforgiveness. Because Jesus on the cross, he was ridiculed, y'all. He was spat upon. He was piercing his side, in his feet, in his hands. Had the thorns coming through his head, the reed that was made. But guess what love did? Forgive them. Because they know not what they do. But what do we do, church folks? We talk about one another. We don't forgive one another. We don't give because we think that one don't need it. We decide what somebody needs. He died for you in spite of because he knew what you needed. That's love. Love don't seek his own. Jesus didn't look at himself. Do you know why we can't be healed? Do you know why we still in lack? Because we don't know what love is. Because love don't have no motive. Meaning that I don't do things to get something. I do it out of love because I already know what love done. So we don't supposed to try to do things to get anything. We do it because of love. And if you ain't doing it because of love, it means nothing. We got too many people doing stuff out of obligation. Of out of what somebody told you so you won't look bad. But love don't worry about what people think or how people feel. Love just do. Love just give outside of how you feel. Do we know love? Because when you come to love, know love, you don't judge nobody. 
because he didn't do it. Love don't do that. Love don't do what we do, church. We're supposed to represent him because God is love. That is his nature. Love don't love me because I love you. Love just love. Mm -mm. I ain't going to love Athea because Athea always give me laundry detergent. And when she stopped giving me laundry detergent, I don't want nothing to do with Athea. I'm going to love Athea if she give me nothing. I'm going to treat her the same if she never say hello, goodbye, kiss my butt, nothing. Because love don't change. See, I learned that because love don't change. You talk about me, my love don't change because you talk about me. My love love you more through you talking about me. Somebody talk about a person, they cut you off. But you're saved, sanctified, filled. What are you full of? Malice. What are you full of? Hate. What are you full of? Jealousy. Love don't cut you off because they cut you off. Oh, thank you, Holy Ghost. Love don't curse a person out. When they cut you off while you're driving. Love don't stick up the middle finger while you're driving. And got on the front of the car, Jesus loves. That ain't love. That ain't God. I ain't going to say help me, Holy Ghost. He's been helping me. Oh, we're going to dig up some stuff in here today. People want title, and you can't even show the love of God. God ain't giving you no title. You gave yourself that title because God don't change because people don't want to act right. God remained the same. Everybody want a title and don't even know what love is because soon as somebody don't treat you right with the title, you cut them off. You don't want to have nothing to do with them. See, that's rejection. You got rejected. Hear me, see me, be attached to me, syndrome in the body of Christ. You don't think you're supposed to hurt? That's when you know the love of God. God created you with feelings, people. You're going to hurt. Somebody's going to hurt you. That's when you're going to know if your love is real. When somebody hurts you, you're going to know if you know the love of God. Because if you do opposite of his love, you don't know it. See, natural kind of love is eros. Eros is a sexual love. Let me break it down. Sexual love change on based upon if you're going to lay here with me or not. When the women don't lay there with the men no more, then I don't love you like I used to love you. That's an eros. When a woman can't do what she's supposed to do with that man because maybe something has happened physically, the man go tap somewhere else because... But they love her. That's Eros love. That's a sexual love. Meaning that as long as you give me all the sex I want, baby, I love you. Then there's a phileo love. A friendship love. As long as you treat me nice, I'll be your friend. But when you become the rebuking me, and telling me I'm wrong, 
That's phileo love. That's a friendship love. That's subject to change. Arrows, phileo, change. Then there's a storgy love, a family love. Mother, daughter, son, daddy, sister, brother, daddy, mama, children. But mess up. There's some conditions on you messing up. You begin to get rude. You begin to, you know, I can't deal with you. God dealt with you. Love, agape is the best one. When arrows want to cut up, agape step in. When phileo want to cut up, agape step in. When storgy want to cut up and cut you off, agape steps in. That's when you're walking in love when everything else fails. Because love never fails. This is why we got so much divorce. You done got with arrows. You done got with phileo. Phileo. You done got with storgy. And all of them failed you. Now you want to divorce him. And you say, don't need no counseling. I love him because the sex good. That way out after a while. You get tired. It ain't like sneaking it. You living a good life with arrows. Phileo. Storgy, you happy. All of a sudden, when you come together and you say, I love you, y'all, Phyllis, I love chocolate cake, but that changed after a while. I love shoes and pocketbooks, but it changed after a while. I may say I love you, but after a while, if I ain't got God's love, that surely changed. Based on what you do. We use the word love wrongly we don't know what it is baby i love you you love her because she cooking she cleaning she washing your clothes she's spending your money rightly ain't asking for too much but when she start cutting up what happened to baby i love you next thing you saying baby you're lazy you need to go back home to your mama. Shouldn't have never married you. But that's your kind of love. Let me tell you something, man. When you tell a wife that you love them, love keeps you at home at night. Love is there when the bills don't look right. Love is there when the woman ain't feeling good. Love is there at all times. Love is love. And women, love will keep you home too. Man, I forgot about them women. Because some women is just doing stuff to get in your bank. Some women do stuff to get what they want. Baby, I love you. Well, you ain't never told me that. But I really love you now because he worked a lot of overtime. Oh, we use the word lightly. Then when the man or the woman mess up, now you're ready. Nigga, I kill you. What happened to baby? I love you. Somebody help me, please. You must lost your everlasting mind. Then called him nigga. Then went from baby to nigga. Then the husband done went from baby to 
You never look good. You ain't looking good now. I don't want nothing to do with you. What happened to, I love you, baby. Somebody help me with this. I love you. As long as you do me right, I'm going to love you, baby. Love don't change. Church, I, I'm just going to be the first witness. Church folks don't know God's love because you got too many isms and schisms in the body of Christ. You got too much jealousy going on. You got too much rejection going on. You got too much, I don't want to be accepted going on. You got too many groups going on. Everybody's supposed to have the same love because it's God's love. I don't supposed to treat Miss Mary no better than I treat Sister Phyllis. But you know how we treat people? Based on what they give us. I got to hang with Miss Mary, y'all. She laying it down. I got to talk to her every day. You beautiful today, Miss Mary. Your hair laying in that child. I make her feel good. And all of a sudden, they're in the service. And the baby said, here, baby, take this. Praise Jesus. <laughs> this is what's happening in the church. Let somebody rebuke you. Put you in your place according to the word. They don't love you no more. Now they're talking about you with everybody. Let somebody move up in advance. You don't love them no more. You become jealousy. Jealous. Jealousy is cruel as the grave. Can you really look at people in here today and say, I really love you and know what it means? Everybody say, I love you. I love you. When you shut them down, you don't hear from them. The voice begin to change. Voice begin to change. It ain't as free as it used to be. It's some silence in the background, but yet they talking. God's love. Church, don't change. God's love don't go on your feelings. God's love don't go on how people hurt you. See, this is why people leave churches. Because they don't know God's love. Because they so used to getting pampered all the time and never rebuked. God's love chastises you. It chastises those whom he loves. God ain't going to let you stay in mess and let you just stay in there to keep money coming in the church. God's love loves you in spite of you, but he's going to tell you what's right. That's why he gave you the Holy Spirit, because he bears witness to truth. That's what love does. That's why I say I don't care if people get mad at me. I'm going to tell it. He let me know if the world hated me, Amanda, they're going to hate you. So are you going to put down your cross because people are hating you because of me? You can't even say you love me, Amanda, until you know I love you. So quit telling God you love him. And you don't even know what love is. Because if you love God, you love your enemy. And if you can't love your enemy, the love of God ain't in you. Because the Bible say if you love the world, then you don't love God. Because God is an enemy with the world. Come on, somebody. I know I'm preaching. We so quick to say I love you. I bet you think about it from now on. So if I don't hear the theme, I love you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 
what you do and see who love you. And when they don't act like they love you, you still supposed to love them. If they don't call you, you still call them. If they don't give to you, you give to them. Hold it now. As the spirit says, don't give to them to get them to talk to you. Because that's rejection. You give as the spirit tell you to give. You don't give to get nothing. You give because God gave. Y'all, I'm on fire up here. I sure am. Because God know how to bring it, don't he? He know how to bring it direct. I'm going to give you an opportunity to leave if you want to. Because what you get today, you accountable for it. You ain't ignorant no more. And you cannot say, I did not know. Because you'll be a liar and the truth ain't in you. Some of you right now come in here with hateful hearts. But you in the, in the morning, I love you, Lord. And I lift my voice to worship. You ain't worshiping God like that. Oh, my soul, rejoice. Take in what? And let it be a sweet, sweet sound in your ear. Here it is. I Cut it off. Because if you got something in your heart, cut that part out. Y'all better think about it. Because when you're really singing that song, ooh, your baby leaping. Some of your emotions is leaping because you don't know what love is, so you're ignorant to it. So next time you sing that, you ain't going to be ignorant no more. See, when you love God, you can love others. I'm going to prove that through the word. Go with me to 1 John 4, starting at verse 7. 1 John 4, verse 7. Listen at what the word is saying. I'm going to read this slow. 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 Beloved, let us love one another. Beloved. Let us, who did he say? He ain't leaving none of these people out in here with hate in your heart and jealousy. Beloved, let us love one another for love is of who? And everyone that loveth, woo, this, is, this hurts, is born of God and know God. Let's just stop right there. The Bible say, beloved, let us love one another. Because love is of God, and whoever loveth knoweth God, because God is. So I want to ask you a question. Let's just pause for a minute. Do you love God? Do you love God? Do you love God? But how can you love God and don't love one another? I can hear some people, Pastor, I can't say I love them, but I can say I like them. Bull. (laughs) Ain't no like with God. It's either love or don't love. Get, put, like out your vocabulary when it comes to love. No, I got another for you. I love my pastor, 
but I don't like what they're doing. But you still got something in your heart, in your heart. God didn't like what you were doing, but he laid down his life. He still loved. So don't even use that no more. Thank you, Holy Ghost. So I don't deal with them no more, Apostle. You don't deal with them because you got something in your heart against them because love is long-suffering. You don't leave them alone until God tells you to leave them alone. And you can't even hear God because you made up your mind to leave them alone. I'm going to leave them alone, Apostle Truth, before I kill them. See, there it is. That's all we need. We got to get to the root. Now tell me why you want to kill them. Because this is what they done to me years and years ago. How long you been saved? 20, 30 years. My God. And you say you love God. You know I love God, Apostle. Why can you? No, you don't. Because let me tell you what the word says. Beloved, let us love one another for love is of God and everyone that loveth is born of God and knoweth God. You can't even say you know God if you ain't loving one another. Let's move a little bit further. He that loveth not knoweth not God, for God is love. In this way was manifested the love of God towards us, because that God sent his only begotten son into the world that we might live, what? Through him. He made his love known by giving what? His only begotten son. This is the part I'm getting into. Herein is love. Not that we love God. God did not love us because we loved him. But that he loved us and sent his son to be the perpetuation for our sins. God sent his son to be a sacrifice for sin. And it said not that we love God. God knew we didn't love him. He knew we loved the world. Because when you're doing what the world does and you're participating in the world, that's what you love. When you're lying, stealing, murdering, fornicating, committing adultery, you loving the world because you loving what the world is offering you. Y'all get it? That was a light bulb, wasn't it? When you manipulating, when you carousing, when you unforgiving, all those characteristics of the world, if you in it, that's what you love. That means the love of the Father ain't in you. When you love God, you let go of the world. You don't do what the world, oh, I'm finna hit it. Yes, I'm going to hit it because it's done pop back up again. Facebooking. People trying to say that's of God because they're putting scriptures up there. But come on, now God know what you love. You love being nosy. You love being seen, heard, and being attached to syndrome. So every time you turn around, you want people to see what you're doing. Be a John the Baptist. Stay in the wilderness. Preach in your house. Just decree and declare the word. I double dog dare you. Shut down Facebook. Begin to open your mouth in your house and begin to preach the good news. People come to your house. Yes, they will. Because them angels will send them. God will go send them angels by his word. People be knocking on your door. We go on Facebook because we find funny stuff. We go on Facebook because we want people to know what we done. And we putting God in it. God know your motive. See, I'm helping you with your heart. 
God know your motive behind Facebook and it ain't love. Because God's love ain't trying to be seen, heard, and be attached to me. Facebook is Facebook. It need a face. You're the face. The world know what's real? Check out some of the friends you done clicked on. You don't even know who they belong to because they sounded like you. That's why I get hated. But it's okay. Because I love you so much. I'm going to tell you the truth outside of how you feel about me. Because you got some stinking thinking. Every time I bring up Facebook, you're throwing daggers at me. And you're in your mind trying to make an excuse for Facebook. You trying to justify yourself in your mind. If God told you to shut it down, you say, God, is that you? Is that really you, God? Is that what you really want me to do, God? I'm up here preaching the gospel. That's the only avenue I got to preach the gospel. If that's what you're doing. I'm going to move on. Deliverance is happening right now. I'm just going to move on. It says, beloved, if God so love us, we ought to also love one another. No man have seen God at any time. If we love one another, God dwell in us and his love is perfected. Oh, oh, oh. When we start loving one another, God's love is complete in you. Want me to say it again? When we start loving one another, God's love is complete in us. When we can love each other outside of how we're treated. Whoo, God, your love is complete. When we can love God outside of people talking about us, ridiculing us, lying on us, God's love is complete. Ain't that something? No matter what they say, we still don't feel nothing. On the inside, we still love them and say, hey, you want to come over for dinner? And the husband said, are you crazy? <laughs> Baby, now I'm doing what God telling me to do. Whatever they done, that's on them. But I'm being obedient to what God is telling me to do. So you got to hear God above what they say. If you ain't hearing God above what they say, you're doing what the world say. God said, bless those who curse you. Love those who hate you and pray for those who, who do what? Despitefully. That's a bad word. You know, they despitefully using you, but God say pray. You know why you got to pray for them? So your love won't get cold. The Bible say in the end times, the love of God will wax cold. People ain't going to do like they used to do. You're supposed to show them love. When they slap you on one side, you miss this side. Because I'm still coming in with love. Even if I have to take a break and go cry a little bit to get some strength, I'm still coming in with God's love. Love don't change. It don't fluctuate. Love don't stop giving because you hate a person. Love still give outside of what people are saying about the person. to go somewhere else let me go here this is miss annie's favorite verse i'm gonna read 16 first and we have known and believed that love 
that God hath to us. God is love, and he that dwelleth in love dwelleth in God, and God in him. Mm. God is love, and he that dwelleth in love dwelleth in God, and God in him. Herein is our love made perfect, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment, because as he is, this is the key, so are we in this world. So as he loved, that's how we love, because we are him in this world. This is the verse that we quote, and I want to help you with it. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear, because fear has torment. He that feareth is not made perfect in love. Do you know why John put that there? He's saying the day of judgment, you can stand before God in boldness, and you don't have to fear. Because perfect love casts out fear. I can stand before God boldly because I love Manny. I ain't have nothing in my heart against Manny. So when I stand to be judged, by the way, you're going to stand before the judgment seat. Everybody in this room going to stand before God, saved and unsaved. We know where the unsaved going, but to save, you're going to stand before the judgment seat. So I can stand boldly. Because I did what his word told me to do. I love my brother and sister. So when I stand before him, I don't have to stand before him based upon what I could have, would have, should have done. I stand before him because I did what he said. So that's why he said there is no fear in love. Perfect love casts out fear because fear has torment. He that fears is not made perfect in love. Then you can take that verse when the enemy is trying to bring fear in your life. You can stand boldly because you're not subject to him. You're subject to God and you're subject to what his word says. Then it says we love him because he first loved us. We can't even love God without knowing his love. That's proven, right? I like this one. If a man say, Woman or man, I love God and hate his brother. He is a liar. For he that loveth not his brother whom he have seen, how can he love God whom he have not seen? How in the world can we say we hate a person but love God and only see God but looking at that person every day? That's a liar. And that's when you need to stand up and say, wait a minute. How can you say you love God and you hate that person? That's a lie. I bind that spirit of lying. You calling me a liar? No, it's the spirit that's using you to contradict the word of God. That's why in 1 John 4, it says there's a spirit of truth and there's a spirit of error. Love or cast out error. Because God is love. That's his nature. Love, y'all. It don't, it won't change. I'm going to go here. In a marriage, we stand up. Some people stand up here before the pastor, and they say them vows. Don't even know the meaning of them. And the pastor know he's a fornicator. She's lonely. That's why she married him. She's rejected in a mom and daddy house, so now she's trying to find a house to find love. He said... I'll go ahead and marry her because somebody got to take care of her. So he feeling that he got to take care of her out of obligation, but he can't quit sowing his oats. So the preacher goes through everything and it's all a lie. 
So they get married and come together, can't stay together because the man says she's asking for too much. She want me to say I love you all the time, and I ain't got time for that foolishness. You know I love it because I'm taking care of your behind. You ain't gone back home yet. But, baby, you say for better or for worse, and you making it worse. Baby, you say in sickness and in health, and you making me sick. Baby, you saying in richer and poor, and you making me poor. Baby, you said into death, do us part. Well, baby, I probably need to kill you to get some peace. Nobody knew God's love, but supposed to have been saved. Preacher getting paid. Do what you want. Live like you want. Just pay me. I ain't signing nothing till I get my money. And the one that's married you is the biggest fornicator there was. Ain't taking care of his wife and you got him marrying you? Ain't the gone to see. I had a preacher tell me he married a couple. The man come into church drunk. And I say, you married him? Shame on you. Drunk you came? And drunk you leave. Because I ain't marrying you today. People get mad. People get mad. When you get counsel. And you doing what the word of God tell you to do. And the Lord released me to marry you. Whatever you do after then. I've been released. I did what God tell me to do. If you choose to live a life outside of that. Then that's up to you. God done released me from that. So what am I saying? When you get married, love keeps you married. Because love don't change because a woman get fat. And because you seen a skinnier woman. Love don't change because the woman ain't cooking men. Or the woman ain't doing like she should men. Love don't change. Love stays the same. Love prays for that woman. Love prays for that man. You got him now. Better or worse. Richer for poor and sickness and in health. To death do you part. That's why people killing wives and burying them. And wives killing husbands. They say to death do you part. I got to kill him. To get rid of him. I got to kill him. Then I'm free. See, that's how I know people don't know the love of God. Much counsel is I'm doing with married couples. Majority of them I didn't marry. But see, the thing is, when you know God's love, you can stay in a marriage. Because you're not going to be with nobody that God don't want you to be with, people. Love, wait on a mate. Because if nobody can treat you the way God can treat you and you dating them, why in the world you want to marry them? Now, I was ignorant in the beginning when it come to marriage. Y'all know that scripture that say, you marry or you burn. It don't mean you're burning hell. That means you're burning in desire. If you know that you can't keep your hands off him and he can't keep your hands off you, well, we're going to go by the word, go on and get married. 
because you ain't keeping your hands off each other. Just go on, tie that knot because you're tying up too much and you're saying you're saved. So you might as well just make it right. Make it right. That's what the Bible says. If you burning in desire and you can't keep Peter in his pants and Lucy tied up, every time you turn around, you're asking God to forgive you. Then after that's over, the next day, forgive me again, God, before I do it, because I'm going to go do it. I believe that's my husband. Some people tell you, you know that's your husband. Go and sleep with your husband. Might as well move in with him. Got cheering by. I'm gone. Now God love you. <laughs> God hates sin. And what you do is, God made a way for you, but see, God don't participate in sin. So if you over there in sin, you think God's going to release something to you and you still sinning? He ain't going to release nothing to you. What you're going to get released to you is some kind of disease. That didn't come from God because God ain't going to take a disease and give it to you. God don't do that. He don't take something away and then you lay there, oh God, I shouldn't have done it. Now you punish me. Now you done gave me gone real. <laughs> Syphilis, AIDS, herpes. The worst of the worst. You laid there. You had a choice. We got to make up our mind. If you know that you're not walking in the love of God, then you don't know God the way you say you know God. Oh, thank you, Holy Ghost. Go with me to 1 Corinthians, the love chapter. 1 Corinthians 13. Look at your neighbor and say, look at God. Don't he look good today? Always. Listen at this. I'm going to read it out the expanded Bible. 1 Corinthians 13, it said, I may speak in different languages, tongues, of people or even angels. But if I do not have love, I'm only a noisy, resounding bell, gong, or a crashing, clanging cymbal. I may have the gift of prophecy, I may understand all secret things of God, mysteries, and have all knowledge, and I may have faith so great I can move mountains. But even with all these things, if I do not have love, then I am nothing. I may give away everything I have, and I may even give my body as an offering to be burned, but I gain nothing if I do not have love. The Bible even tells us there's faith, there's charity. Well, faith, love, and hope. But love is above faith and hope. Because without faith, you can't please God. And you got to have faith for love to be in operation. And you may hope from something from God, but if you ain't got love and that hope, it don't work. Everything is based on love. I like this. Love is patient. And kind. This is God's love. Love is not jealous. So anytime you're not patient, you're not kind, and you become jealous, you ain't knowing God. Because God is patient, he's kind, he don't envious, he don't have jealousy. It does not brag, it is not proud and arrogant, conceited and puffed up. Love don't brag. It's not puffed up. It's not arrogant. Love is not rude. Disrespect. Y'all, we see the most rude people in church. Disrespectful people in church. That ain't God's love. 
Love is not disrespectful, it's not selfish, self-serving, and does not get upset with others. Love is not easily provoked, angered. Oh, my Lord. We got some angry folks in church. From the pulpit on down, you don't even know whether to say hello, goodbye, nothing. Because they get puffed up, they get angry. You ask them one thing and that, that ain't love. It goes on to say, love does not count up, keep record of wrongs that have been done. Oh, 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 oh. So many people be saying, if you hadn't done this, I wouldn't have done that. How about when somebody talked to you? I use me and my husband. Y'all, when you, when you know about this love, it stabs you. We may be in conversation. My husband may tell me something. And I said, but wait a minute now. Do you remember this time last year? Wait a minute. Didn't the word say, wait a minute. The word say, love. Wait, let me find it. Love does not count up. <laughs> Keep record of. Am I talking to myself? I'm so sorry, honey. I'm so sorry. Let me read it again. Love does not count up, keep a record of wrongs that have been done. Now, let me, let me, let me specify that because he's smiling. <laughs> let, let me make it real. See, see, this is how you make it real. Now, if he come to me on something and I'm giving him godly advice and that brings up the year before, that don't mean I'm keeping up with nothing. I'm bringing to his attention what he's bringing to me. But a person that keep up with it, they won't shut up. They'll keep saying, I know you ain't coming to me. Do you remember what you done this time last year? Do you remember what you said? Now, don't be coming to me with that mess. You might as well shut up right now because you know what you said. That's what it means to count up, to keep up with. Men, women, got your days numbered. They know what you done, when you done it, how you done it, what you was wearing, who you said it to, how you said it. And the man sitting there with a de- looking like a deer in headlights trying to figure out where all this information come from. When did I do that? When did I say that? I'm telling you, you wore this, you done this. <laughs> Women, is that what we do? Matter of fact, you didn't get home to 11 o'clock that night. Now, you lying now, baby. You lying. You just telling a lie. I ain't telling no lie. You want some proof in the pudding? Because I tell you who I talked to while you're behind wasn't in this house. Y'all come to the right place at the right time. But listen at this. Love takes no pleasure. Oh, I hate this one. (laughs) Love takes no pleasure, does not rejoice in evil, wrongdoing, injustice. Y'all, some of y'all is waiting on somebody to fail. You waiting on somebody to get it because they done you wrong. waiting on somebody to fall because they drug you through the, ma- through the, through the mud. Listen at the other one, y'all. But 
rejoices over the truth. Love patiently accepts all things, bear all things, always protects, always trusts, believes all things, always hope, hopes all things, and always endure all things. Love never ends, fails, falls short. Isn't that awesome? When we read over that in 13, that's God. He don't keep account of our wrongs. He's patient. He's kind. He's not selfish. He's long-suffering. Y'all, this is God, and this is who we're supposed to be. Some people say, now, Apostle, that's God. That ain't me. He's in you. You got his very nature in you, but it's being blocked by your hatred, by your jealousy, by your envy, by what somebody done to you. Look what they done to him. When you know what they done to him, who are you? You're supposed to do what he done outside of what they do. This is why you still suffering through rejection. Because it's all about you. He was rejected so we could be accepted. And we accept it because of him. So we don't do people wrong, y'all, because people do us wrong. Or we don't quit talking to people because it was something they said that we didn't like. If you're in your word, the Bible tell you what to do, how to resolve a conflict. If you got ought against your brother, go to your brother. Y'all know my saying. When you come to me, I'm not that person. You need to go to that person. That's what the person did. You go to the person. That's not my name. But see, what happens is if somebody come to you even concerning me, You're supposed to direct them back to me. If they continually talk about me, then evidently you want to hear what they got to say because you ain't shut them up yet. You're supposed to shut them down before they even tell you what the situation is. Shut them down. Shut them up. Because you know what happens when you don't shut them down? Then you have all against me. Because you're going on what they say that ain't even true. Let me give you an example before I give you another scripture. How about that? Through my life, if anybody been hurt, I've been well-rounded in it. (laughs) And I used to say, Lord, what have I done to deserve all of this? (laughs) And I would sit there and try to think about what I've done, what I said, how I said it, how I can change it and everything. But I've learned with the help of the Holy Spirit. You have to love them outside of what they say. You have to show them my love, and you can't show them my love if you don't know it yourself. So the more I got acquainted with God's love, people will look at me and say, Apostle, how can you still be around that person and you know what they said? Because they don't know what they're doing. They're not hurting me. They hurt God. God said that, remember he was telling them, did you visit The ones in prison, the ones that were sick. You didn't visit me when I was in prison. You didn't visit me when I was sick. And they're looking at, when were you in prison? When were you sick? He said, you done it to the least of them. You done it to me. So anytime somebody hurt me, you're not hurting me. You're hurting God. Because God is love. Anytime you talk about anybody, you hurting him. You coming against him. You coming against his work. And you get before him and say, God, I love you. That's why you have the Holy Spirit. When the Holy Spirit say love is patient. 
Love is kind, loving, rude, loving, self-serving. See, that's why you need the word of God. So when you do stuff, you're going to know what you're doing is wrong because the Holy Spirit reminds you of his righteousness, his way of doing. You cannot continually tell a person you love them with hate in your heart because it's the wrong motive. It don't mean nothing. You're fooling yourself. And the more they spend time with God, you ain't fooling them. They already know they're hated. But I remember I went through a bout in my life where one person was trying to get the whole church to turn against me. And the Lord was showing me, but he didn't open it up all the way to me. He would tell me what he wanted me to preach. And I wouldn't question God when I preach it. And I go to the very person, did not know all of this at the time, And I would minister to the person and love on the person and tell them how much God love them. I remember right after the sermon, some of the people in the church come up to me and say, I know you know God. I'm like, huh? I'm still ignorant. I'm still doing what God tells me to do. I know you know God. Because they were coming to them talking about me. Then God had me to do a skit in church. And I believe Athea was a part of that skit. And somebody else. Right after the skit, I called them in the office. Because the Lord told me what to do. After I called them in the office, explained something to them. How about somebody that was in the office went back and told somebody else, told them something I didn't say, but I had a witness like the Lord told me. Then they went and told the person I was talking about. Wasn't so. Guess what? That person ended up leaving the church and taking some crowds with them. Told people, don't pay your tithes. Don't give no more money to the church, and which they didn't. But because I know the love of God, I begin to thank God for the little we had. And I say, God, I give you the little we have, and we ain't missed a beat. Why am I saying this? I love outside of how people feel about me. Because I learned the love of God. Do I hurt? I'm human. Yes, I hurt. Do I cry? Yes, I cry. But I know where to take my tears because he said every one of my tears, God bottled them up. So when people hurt me, when they talk about me, when they ridicule me, I say, forgive them, Jesus. They don't know what they have done. And I don't try to slight them. I remember we had a time in the church when this mother needed a car. Me and my husband had purchased the car. And we had told, anyway, we was purchasing the car. My husband said, look, we didn't have enough to come in this Sunday to give them this car. And I said, no, give them the car. He said, you you don't hear me. We don't have enough money to give them the car. I said, give them my money. He looked at me. This is when my husband was just coming into the ministry. We sitting there eating. I'll never forget Sashua. My husband said, what you say? I said, give them my money. He said, do you know what you're saying? I said, I say it. Give them my money because they need that car. And I gave up my check. Why did I do that? Because I know my provider. Y'all better hear what I'm saying today. I know my provider. I know who's going to take care of me outside of what people do. Because people will change their mind. They will change their church. But God will never change on me. I can't count heads based on what I get. I have to look to the hills from which cometh my help. Because God said, I love you too much. He said, baby, if I gave my only begotten son, how much freely would I give you all things?
want you focusing on who's here and who's not here. I want you to focus on my promise. So when people don't show up, do I quit preaching? No, I preach more. Because I'm about my father's business and not yours. Because people change. People that don't know God, they will do stuff just to make you angry. They won't show up just to say, if I'm not there, you ain't going to have enough. Well, baby, I got more than enough. Got some in the waiting, got some in the rear. But God said, I want you to trust me even when it ain't nothing there. He said, you talk all that game. Y'all, this ain't, this, let me tell y'all something. When you know God's love, before this person done all this, ooh, I ain't lying. Money was coming everywhere. Show sure was. Coming everywhere. So when this person did this and people left the church, I could hear God say, can you trust me? Money drastically dropped. It dropped to the point my husband didn't get nothing for six months. Come off a job of what, 15 years. Back in 2000, making 50000 a year with excellent benefits. He ended up with nothing. Nobody in this church knew it, not even my daddy. Nothing. Do y'all hear what I say? But people say, but apostle, they had your check. My check is not dependable because people change. But you know what we did? If y'all ever see me walking with the poodle, you might want to join me one day. I take that poodle down that road. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. God, you're still good. Outside of what it looked like, God, you're still good. Outside of what it looked like, bills are going to be paid in the church, out the church. It's still going to be done because you are still God. Because you love me that much that you said you already knew before it happened. God, you said you already provided before the need was already there. So I'm giving you glory. And I bless them, y'all. We didn't lose anything. We kept it moving. I didn't open up something up here. I was asking for needs for other people outside of us. Do y'all know why that woman over there hurt? Sister Denise? Because see, in pastoral, she has to ask me my need. What I'm in the need of. So when people come in here and get over what me and my husband get, she cries. When she come to me, I'm cheering her up. I'm like, give God glory. We're going to give him glory. In spite of it. She be like, Abaza, I just don't know what people. I say, I ain't worried about these people. <laughs> Is that true, Sister Nate? I say, don't you worry about these people. Do what you do. Even if nothing come, give God glory for it. Because see, when people see how you live, they stop giving. But I live by faith. Amen. Not by sight. My life is faith. It ain't based on no people. Do God change your heart towards us? Yes, he do. Are we grateful for the ones that give? Yes, we are. But I can't depend on you. My dependency is on him. What am I saying to you today? If you lost your job today, is God still love? Oh. Do you know his love? If they shut down your job, is he still a God of love? Because you're still going to make it. Because God said, when one door shut, baby, I'm going to open another one. Because if you in my kingdom, he said, you're never.
Amalek. When they were in Egypt, and when they separated them, there was Goshen in Egypt. Egypt lacked, but God's people that was in Goshen didn't lack. God ain't going to let you lack. Because God made a way for you not to lack, and the way is Jesus Christ. Your fear is a fear of lack. When you know God's love, you let go. You give outside of what your checks say. Because you trust in God and not your check. I have to live it, y'all. Me and my husband have to live it. You got fear of lack because you don't know his love. And if you know God's love, you will hear him when God tell you what to do. Nobody, let me be honest with y'all. Nobody should tell nobody what to do. Because if you in your word and he's in you, nobody should have to tell you to help nobody. Because the Holy Spirit, you sitting beside somebody right now that needs some help and you don't even know it. They come in here with a burden. We don't know it because we so stuck on us, self-centered. Because when God's love is flowing, you're going to pick up a need on somebody. Give you another example. Evangelist Newton was with me that day, and I told y'all this before. Y'all, I had bought me a leather coat. I was proud of that coat. Thought it was right cute. We in the mall, eating in the middle of the mall, and I'm sitting there. We just talking. What we evangelist? Just having us a nice talk. All of a sudden, give her your coat. Nope, didn't get in this coat. I'm keeping this coat. So we start talking. Y'all can't out talk the Holy Ghost not unless you want to. So I'm still sitting there. Give it a coat. Oh, okay. I'm going to give it a coat. Went to the girl, and this is my philosophy. She can't wear it, but I'm going to give it to her. Holy Ghost like, yes, she can. I went up to the girl, started ministering to her. I said, God told me to give you this coat. She bucked her eyes. Told me we were just talking about that leather coat and how much I needed a coat. I said, well, you don't need it no more. You can have this one. Perfect fit, wasn't it, evangelist? And she began to tell us how it was with her life. That was in the winter. I left out the mall with no coat. Let me tell y'all something. Some of us are so selfish and self-centered, we won't even give a person a pair of bloomers. I'm just being honest. You over there in the lingerie aisle and God is telling you to buy it for somebody else and you like, they don't need no drawers. Who are you to contradict what the Holy Ghost is saying? I'm going to buy me something out of Victoria's Secret. God said, no, I want you to buy somebody else something out of Victoria's Secret. You trying to please that man that don't love you, give it to somebody else who will love you. When we know God's love, oh, I feel it. Some of y'all know you're holding grudges. Some of y'all know I wouldn't get in their face if they looked me in the face. I wouldn't say that ain't God's love. God's love, wrap your arms around them and say God loves you. You don't have to say nothing else. But you can't do that until you know his love. Love, when you know God's love, when you're going through in your body, you know God loves you too much for you to go through. 
Because God made a way for you. The way was paid through Jesus Christ. When we know his love, we can get over everything we're going through. Love is the cure for everything that ails you. And until you get to know agape, you're going to continue to go through financially, physically, spiritually, mentally, and emotionally. Because you're trying to make it work. Have you figured it out yet? It ain't working. When love comes in and consumes you, you ain't worrying about how your husband or wife treat you no more. You ain't worrying about how your children treat you, how your job treat you, because love has come in and it has consumed you. And you're loving. Y'all, how can I do what I do? Because God took me down the road before I got here. On my job, people talked about me. They ridiculed me. They, they, they did everything. I tried to help them, but they turned against me. Y'all, look what God did. I was in Egypt, putting me up under my worst enemy. Women in the, in the building I helped turned against me, talked about me. They gave them a raise and decreased my money. They gave my money. They divided my money. They decreased me and divided. And guess what they said to me? We got a raise. I went in there many times, fought to get them a raise, telling them they're doing too much, they need a raise. We're getting the money in, over 800000 a month, they need a raise. You hired the best person here, CFO, could not get that money, but now we're getting it and you can't give them a raise. No. Put my enemy in my seat, gave them a raise. Turn on me. That bathroom's still at Pender Jennifer, you need to go around there every day. Because I stayed in there. Lord, you're going to have to help me. And the funny part was, the gentleman that turned on me, they told me at Christmas, even saved folk, the saved folk knew what they did to me. They come to my desk. We're going to give so-and-so a uh, um, Christmas present. You want to participate? In my mind, I can't even say I cursed or not. I ain't going to lie to them. I was saved too. Don't even know how to curse. <laughs> But I said, I said, giving him nothing and smiling at him. Soon as I said I wasn't giving him nothing, the Holy Spirit said, bless those who curse you. Love those who hate you. Before they can leave me, here, here, take this right here. They saw me show love, not with the wrong motive, but true love, God's love. When I showed all them love, I even went and apologized to everybody that done me wrong and asked for forgiveness. And when I did that, they began to tell me what the enemy was doing. Gave me the battle plans. They said, even Jennifer ain't going to be able to help you. They're going to work you so hard. Jennifer, no. I had stacks of bills that high. Could not even do it all, and Jennifer was mad. And I even had to talk to my sister over there and say, Jennifer, we don't do them like they do us. I even went to my boss. Jennifer was mad. How can you go to him? <laughs> I went to him and began to minister to him when i got ready to leave my enemies was my footstool they were giving me money and they said what how are we going to make it without you i say because you know him what am i telling y'all there's no love with church folk you saying you love people but do you really love people because when something hit with that very person that you saying you love do you turn away from them or do you turn to them you're going to know where your love is. 
I'm going to close out with this. There was a woman. She had two sons and two daughter-in-laws, and she was married. Her name was Naomi. Naomi's husband died. Her sons died. The two daughter-in-laws, she told them to go back and be with their family. One of them went back. One of them that did not go back was Ruth. And Ruth told her, where you lay your head, I'm going to lay my head. Where you die, I'm going to die. Your people, my people. Your God, my God. So right then, she accepted God as her God because they were serving other gods where they were. So she followed Naomi. And and Naomi would stay in the house where Ruth would go behind them and just pick up little. And she did that. Did not complain. She just followed the reapers and began to pick up little. All of a sudden, Boaz come in on the scene. I'm going to tell you something. Somebody's watching you. Somebody's watching you and they're watching your actions. Ruth kept on doing what she was doing. Boaz inquired about her. They told him who she was. She come out of another country and she began to serve Naomi. Boaz began to tell them, leave more for her. Yo, let me tell you about God. When your heart is right and your motives is right, you don't have to do nothing to get nothing. Because God will lay it at your feet. If you ain't getting nothing laid at your feet, it's because your motives is wrong. You don't give money to get money. You give because God is love. So it was laid out for her to take it. Then she went and told Naomi what she got. She went back the next day and Boaz began to give her more, y'all. And he said, we know about your kindness. We know how God favored you because of what you did for Naomi and how you turned over to our God. They saw her kindness. They saw her patience. They saw her long-suffering. So when she went and laid at Boaz's feet, she wanted Boaz to be her protector. She wanted Boaz to be her husband, but she laid at his feet. She wanted him to cover her with a wing, meaning protect me, be there for me. Guess what? Ruth and Boaz, they end up coming together, but they come together the right way. What am I saying today? Quit doing something to get something. Don't give to me or nobody else because somebody is telling you. Give out of love. And you will see yourself give more than you thought you could give. Because you motivated by love. Y'all, it's love all around you and you don't even see it. Love stays in the midst of adversity. Love don't give up on people when the going get tough. Love don't get going. Love stands and endures all. Love never fails. So what am I saying to you today? The love of God needs to be in the church. Because God's love is in you. That is his nature. And you need to get to know his love so you can come out of the fear of lack. So you can come out of situations that you're in. You in those situations because you ain't trusting God in his love. The more you trust God in his love... You won't be worrying about how you're going to eat, where you're going to sleep, how you're going to be clothed. You're saying, God, I trust you. And you can trust him because he never fails. He'll never give up on you no matter what you do or how you do it. God's going to love you in spite of. Now, you're going to go through through what you do outside of what God tells you. But God is going to be there with you to help you go through it. Meditate on 1 Corinthians 13. And I mean really meditate on it and ask the Holy Spirit to help you. Y'all, it's time for us to open our hearts. Do you know love is what saves? When you minister to people and you minister out of love, that's when people want what you have. 
But if you knocking on people's doors just to say, this is what I done, don't go knock on nobody's doors. Don't even try to save nobody because you want people to know who you are. You can't save them. Jesus already saved them. Everywhere you go is motivated by love. Don't do it just because somebody is telling you to do it. If love ain't in it, don't do it. We got too many church folks doing stuff and love ain't in it. And it don't last. Because if you start out in love, you're going to end in love. And some people are starting out with the wrong motive and they end up dropping out. Love do not give up on his brothers and sisters. Love endures. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love is long-suffering. Amen. Come on and give God a hand clap of praise. Won't he do it? Won't he do it? Doesn't he know what we need? And I want to tell y'all something. Some people don't know how to receive love, so this is what they do. A person that don't know how to receive love because they have been rejected, the person that's given love, they will talk about them to make people look at them like they're the bad person. Listen what I'm saying. If you've ever been rejected in your life and you've never been loved, but you're with somebody that's showing you love, then you will hurt that person because you don't know what love is and you'll make that person look bad so you can be the center of attention. If you got somebody in your life that's loving you and you knowing that you be in love, hold on to that love because that love is what's going to draw you. He said, with loving kindness have I drawn you. That's how he draws with what? Loving kindness. So in, in his loving kindness endures forever and ever and ever. That's why he gives you new mercies every day because he loves you so much. He know you need mercies every day. He know you're going to mess up. But God said, I love you even in your mess. I'm not going to change. So y'all, why do we change on other people? No matter how they treat you, get to know the love of God. And that's going to bring them to God instead of taking them away from God. We supposed to show them God's love, y'all. Love don't change. It doesn't fluctuate. So I believe God brought this message in the house to give you a cure to all that ails you today. All that you're going through, your broken heart. God is saying, I have given you what you need for your heart to be mended. Take the medicine. It's free. The price has been paid. Take it three times a day. Overdose on it. I overdose on it. Get drunk. The word will make you drunk if you want to be drunk. If you want to get a high, get high off him. Come on, and you'll be, ooh, Jesus. Woo! You'll be high on you. You'll be swaying. Hallelujah. Anyhow, you drunk? Yes, I am. I'm drunk on the Holy Ghost. Some of us don't take time to get drunk in the word. And then in Ephesians it said, God, I want to know the breadth, the length, the depth, and the height of your love. And that's when you're full of God. If we ain't full of God, we don't know the depth, the height, the length. Love does not try to make somebody else look bad for you to look good. Thank you for the continuation, God. So we give God glory. I pray that you did get something out of this message. And you take it with you wherever you need to go. Love does not change. Amen. Isn't God good, y'all? Thank you, Jesus. Do we have any visitors at this time?
that would like to stand. Any visitors?